Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to episode 49 of the No Look Pass podcast presented to you by WRSPN.com. We want to thank you for tuning in. You could be listening to anything in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. I am your host, Frank Santos, uh, and I would like to know, I wouldn't even grab a cat without its permission, let alone grab a... Never mind, I'm not even going to finish that statement. I have my co-host with me, Andy Flynn. Flynn, what's good? Nah, nothing, man. What's going on? Good, 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 good. Uh, you ready to get into these division previews? Absolutely. All right, so... Uh, we are doing our division previews all until basically until the season starts, and then we're going to rock a season preview with you as well, a nice little mini season preview like we do here at the No Look Pass podcast. Um, we did the Atlantic and the Pacific last week, in which Andy just insulted Steph Curry on every level. He insulted his team. He insulted his crew. He, he didn't respect him as a, a, as a league or motherfucking crew. Uh, today we're going to do the Central and Southwest Division. Um, basically what we're going to do is run down a little bit, um, a little bit of what to look for in each division. And we always have our twist on it. Uh, you know, it's the no look pass podcast. So we got to give you a no look pass for each division. So we are going to start in the central and we're going to get right into it. Andy, who do you think is going to be the MV? Actually, I'm going to change it, Andy. I'm going to change. We're going to go. The first question is of, of the whole division. Where do you rank this division? Uh, one through six. The, which division do you say? The central. The Central, one through six. I have the Central right. as number one. Oh, the best division in the league. Ex- explain the best why. Division why, in the league. why do you feel the Central is – I know you had your little ranking system. We discussed we discussed the Andy's intricate ranking system, which involves him ranking all the teams one through 30 and some uh, formulaic, algebraic, uh, mathematic cal- or, uh, algorithm or something like that. So uh, why, why number one? Listen, I would explain it, but I don't think most people would pick up on what I'm, I'm going with here. I just think being competitive is important. And obviously it sounds crazy when you have the NBA champions in your, you know, division, but this division intrigues me and there's a lot of reasons why. And we'll, we'll get into that. But I just think overall from a competition standpoint, plus the fact that they have a very good team at the top of the division, I think that that makes the Cavs or the central division, the most well-rounded division in the league, as I almost called it, the Cavs division. (laughs) <laughs> it's a very good point. I, I do. Uh, I, ha- I had a hard time ranking this division. I put it number three. I kind of flip flopped actually in the last 15 minutes. I had it number two, and then I just put it number three instead because I put the uh, the other division that we have number two. Uh, so I definitely agree with you. I think it's the deepest division in the league because I can. I mean, depending how you feel about the Bucks, obviously they lost Middleton, but that's still a talented team. So I think every team in this division has the potential to make the playoffs, and I think that's kind of what you're getting at. So I, I I am looking forward to some uh, intriguing storylines from the Central as well. So let's start with who you have as the MVP of the Central Division. I mean, LeBron James. It's always going to be LeBron James. I'll be picking LeBron James when he's 40. Uh, okay, you can pick LeBron James until he's 40. I actually went with Paul George. I didn't go with LeBron James because I, I'm feeling a little, uh, a little post-championship kind of lull from the Cavaliers coming on. I mean, you got to think of all the emotion that went into this championship run for the Cavaliers. I mean, it's LeBron's first championship in Cleveland. They came back 3-1. We know all the storylines. And you know those guys were just part. I mean, J.R. Smith's still partying. He's, he doesn't even have a contract and he's partying. So you just got to imagine, for me, I just feel like the first, like, 30 games, I think it's going to be a, a pretty long stint. I want to say the first 30 games, the Cavs are going to be a little bit asleep, I think. And I really like Paul George. 
Paul George's chance to really carry his team. I like the new look Pacers. Like I think that's going to be one of the intriguing storylines, like like you're alluding to. And I really think that he's going to carry the Pacers to a top four seed in the Eastern Conference. And I think that's going to be enough to win him the MVP, along with the Cavs, maybe with a little bit of post championship buzz still around. See, I can never hate on Paul George because I love Paul George. But being that I feel that this division is so competitive and I I do think that there's going to be a chance where if you're not the best team in the division, you could fall behind quickly. And I don't, I think the Cavs are probably the only team in the division that doesn't have to worry about something like that. A scenario where they're just like in quicksand because the rest of the teams are so good. It's, it's LeBron James. I'm trying to like get technical here and it's really simple for me. I just, I just think LeBron James is still the best (laughs) player in the league. He's going to be my best player in the central. and, And I think, I think the Cavs cruise, honestly. Okay. So uh I mean I don't I don't think I don't think they Golden State cruise. Golden State's gonna cruise cruise. I think we're gonna see cruising like you've never seen before, but I think the Cavs are, are gonna be pretty comfortable. Yeah, somebody asked me the other day how many games I think Golden State was gonna win. My friend asked me and I said they're gonna win sixty seven just without blinking. It's just a matter of whether they can just win more than that. Uh like I even think say, I I think they can rest Steph Curry for three weeks and still win sixty seven games. Or one of those guys goes down for like a month, I still think they win sixty seven games without blinking. Yeah, they're sad. I, I don't see any problems with them. 70. Yeah. So, Rookie of the Year, I'll start with this one. I went with Denzel Valentine of the Chicago Bulls. It might be a little bit of a out-of-left-field pick for some people because uh, Valentine plays shooting guard, and you see the recent signings for the Bulls. They have Jimmy Butler, Ray John Rondo, and obviously Dwayne Wade, all at that guard-slash-forward position. So, you might think there's a lot of minutes for Valentine, but I think that obviously – Wade's health is always a little bit of a wild card. Play small and, and actually have maybe even Butler as a four. I'd be curious if, if they're going to go that way. I think Valentine works his way into the rotation where they have to give him minutes. And to be honest, there was a lot of, not a lot of good rookies in this division. As far as I could see, a couple of teams didn't even have a first-round pick, including the Pacers. So I, I went with Denzel Valentine. Who'd you go with? And I'll be honest with you, I looked at Valentine for a minute, and it's kind of because I don't see, like, there being a ton of competition for this award here in this division, but I went with Fon Maker. Um, I like the guy. Yeah. I kind of predicted he would go higher than he did, uh, even though we didn't get that show out. I, you know, I've, he's been a guy for a couple of years now I've kind of been keeping my eye on. You know, you see all the mixtapes of these players now early, and he's impressed me. I think he has a lot of skills that translate well into the NBA. Uh, you know, a seven-footer who can block shots. He can shoot jump shots. Uh, he's got all kinds of these special special abilities he can do for a big guy. And I just, I think the Bucks are a good place. We talked about this a little bit before, but I think it's a good fit for him. I think it's a place that's going to allow him to play and to hopefully make an impact. And therefore I see him being the rookie in this, the rookie of the year in this division. Yeah. The only trouble I, I obviously I looked at Tom maker as well. The only trouble I have is, is where, how many minutes he gets with, because they really seem to like John Henson for some reason, especially I think John Henson might end up starting the season. And then, Unless you trade Greg Monroe, you're going to have a really unhappy Greg Monroe if you're playing Sonmaker ahead of him. So does Sonmaker, does Greg Monroe go back to the four? You know, sort of how that works. I'm, I'm curious where they find minutes for him. Um, so that would be an intriguing storyline for me as well. Uh, defensive player of the year, who, who did you have? Because I think we might disagree on this one. Uh, I went with Andre Drummond. 
Um, oh, I guess we don't. You know, disagree. it's it's one of, it's one of those things where you could you could pick a guy like LeBron or uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo or even Paul George. I think these are Jimmy Butler. These are all phenomenal defenders at the wing. But I feel like the big guys always get a little more publicity for this sort of award. I don't think it gets much better than Andre Drummond in terms of defensive ability as a big guy. So I'm going with rebounds and blocks all day. Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to go with Jimmy Butler, but I also went with Andre Drummond uh, for a lot of the reasons that you said. But I, I think another thing that's underrated about Drummond's game is not only can he block shots, he he's pretty he's got pretty good hands as far as stealing the ball as well. Um, I, I, he's kind of a ball hawk for for a big guy. I know like bigger guys don't get a lot of opportunities for steals, but if you're dribbling that ball in the post a little bit too long, he'll he'll pick your pocket. So. I really like Andre Drummond for this award. I like him to be in contention for the Defensive Player of the Year award just in general in the entire league. Um, and I definitely think that he will be the best defensive player in the Central. Obviously, like you're saying, there's a lot of talented wing defenders, and it's, it's just a matter of, of preference in that respect. But, you know, you can you can always respect Paul George. I mean, one of the best two-way players in the game. But I ultimately ended up going with Drummond as well. So let's get into the, the no-look pass. For, for this division, for people that don't know what we're doing here, it is the No Look Pass podcast, and what we're doing is the No Look Pass for each division is maybe an unforeseen circumstance that may happen in this division that can change the entire outcome of the division or something we're, we're really looking for that, that may be a question that has not been answered yet in the division. So what did you go with, with for the No Look Pass of the Central Division? And I'm going to give a spoiler alert how my teams rank in this division right now. My surprising thing is based on the way I rank these teams. I'm calling the Pistons the worst team in the division. But I think my unforeseen thing is the Pistons could actually be the second best team in this division. That's how mixed up and crazy it is to me. I think the only team who can't win second place are the Cavs because I think they are locked into first. So that being said, I think that my list could completely just be flip-flop from the Pistons in last place to the Pistons in second place, and I wouldn't even bat an eyelash. I think this the dominoes are really going to fall in a strange place after Cleveland. Yeah, I I, I think that's a very good point, to be honest. Uh, I think the Cavs first, I think, is how we're both going to have this division, obviously. And from second through fifth, I, I predict that we, we could definitely have just all difference, you know, second two through five, complete difference. Um, so with that being said, I'm going with, I think it might be the biggest X, X factor of the entire league. Um, definitely the Eastern conference for me is, can you play Rajon Rondo, Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler together? Can those three guys actually exist on a basketball floor and play good basketball? Or is it like you're, you're trying to force something that isn't quite going to work? Um, you know, it, it really is something where a lot of people, including myself, think that it might be a failed experiment only because you don't have enough shooting on the floor. I know there's been talk of Dwayne Wade working on his three-point shot. That's great, but he's been in the league for a very long time. Uh, In case you didn't know, Dwayne Wade is not a young chicken, and he's never really been able to shoot the three-pointer. So, I mean, I never count out great players. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to say, like, oh, Dwayne Wade can't learn how how to shoot a three because, I mean, he's Dwayne Wade. He's a Hall of Famer. If he needs, if he wants to learn how to do something, I have faith that he might be able to do that, but I'm just going with the record of his career. And until I see it, I, I won't really believe it. Jimmy Butler is a questionable shooter as well, and Rondo is just a putrid shooter. So with that being said, I think if, if those three can figure it out somehow, some way, maybe there's something I don't see and they can play well together, I think they're the X factor of the East. I think they can be the second seed in the East. I think they can challenge the Cavs. I, I really feel that way because I like their big guys. 
And obviously those three guys are all players, and Dwayne Wade's one of the best clutch players in the league, period. So in saying that, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think that is the X factor of the uh, Central Division. And before we go any further, because I, I do have some words for the Bulls, I think that's the thing people aren't talking about. You just said it. You like their big guys. Everybody's talking about Wade and Butler and Rondo. And, you know, the things are obvious. Veteran presence, we know. Can't shoot the basketball, we know. Nobody's talking about Taj Gibson and, and Portis and Miritich and these guys. Nobody's talking about these guys and, and Robin Lopez. So I think, you know, this team I think is going to not have any trouble stopping other teams from scoring. It's going to be what can Good. they do. And I think they'll probably expect to do some things like the Heat used to do with LeBron and Bosch and Wade and run and turn, you know, fast breaks with their defense. They start on the defensive end by stealing, getting in lanes, and they, they put points up that way. But, yeah, shooting, shooting is a problem. And the way the league's turned, I think that it's more likely that they struggle than not. But I agree with you. I think that this team could really be very good. Yeah, that, and that was kind of the problem with the Heat last year with, with Dwayne Wade. It's, you know, Goran Dragic wanted to run. Samantai wanted to run, be out in transition. And Dwayne Wade was just looking at him like, like, yo, this, this ain't me anymore. This isn't 2006. I, it, you know, Shaq is not here. This is the old Dwayne Wade. This is Dwayne Wade that needs to be half court. Throw me the ball in the post. I'll give you a dribble, dribble, you know, turn away. Uh, this is not, let's let's be seven seconds or less, uh Mike D'Antoni. This is not the way, that's not Dwayne Wade. So I kind of see the that same problem being because Rondo like obviously likes to be out in transition as well, and I'm sure Butler. You know, historically the the Bulls have been a slower team, but I'm sure I mean Butler is certainly young enough to run the floor. It's not like he's going to have a problem get, getting up and down the floor. So I see that as a potential problem for him as well. Well, we've never seen Wade with like a true true point guard. I mean, he had some corpses back when they won with Shaq and stuff like that. There were some guys there that if you look back in history, like, oh, he didn't play with all bums. I mean, these guys were old at this point, the Paytons and Jason Williams, these the guys of that nature. But he's never played with a Rondo. He's always kind of been, yeah. you know, the part-time point guard or LeBron was the part-time point guard and he was the part-time point guard. So this is a little bit of a different look for Wade. And a Butler handles the ball some too. So I think it, it really could be a dynamic thing. But, you know, we, we don't know. We're all dying to see, so – Hurry up the 25th and get here, and we can start watching basketball. I'm a little upset you just hated on Mario Chalmers like that. Best point guard in the world. Uh, so who do you have? <laughs> give, give me your division rundown uh, for this division. Obviously, I'm gonna, we're just going to concede that you have the Cavs first. So uh, with that being said, who, who do you have two through five there? Two through five has changed a lot uh, over the past couple of days. I finally settled with after the Cavs, the Pacers, the Bulls, the Bucks, and the Pistons in that order. And even as I say it, I'm not sure. I've really flopped back and forth on the Bulls and the Pacers, honestly, to who's to be two, who to be three. And the Bucks and the Pistons yeah. I've flopped back and forth with too. Uh, I, obviously, the Middleton thing hurts, but I'm looking for the Bucks to take a step forward. Jabari Parker, I want to see a lot of him. I saw him hit his head on the rim today against the Mavs. I don't know if anybody else saw that, but I, did. I, I think I we're going to have a battle. And the, Pist the Pistons have some young, talented pieces too, so it's hard to count them out, but you know, I'm looking at this division as being the most competitive out there. So I think it's going to be great. Yeah. I had it actually this, almost the same as you had it, which is surprising because I, th I did think, again, we were going to disagree. Um, I had the Pistons and Bucks flip-flopped. I had the Pistons fourth and the Bucks in last place. Though I really, really thought about flip-flopping it 
like 10 minutes before the show when I saw that uh, apparently Reggie Jackson is going to be out for an extended period of time possibly. And I think that's a big hit for that team, especially because I think their biggest weakness last season was not having a backup for Reggie Jackson. So I think that can be a potential problem uh, for the Pistons. And, you know, but again, I really like this Pacers team. I'm, I'm really high on this Pacers team. I think Paul George is, is a superstar in this league. So I'm looking for big things from them. Uh, any other thoughts you wanted to get out before the before we move on to the Southwest Division here? Nah, man, let's go. Yeah. All right. Southwest Division. Uh, we're gonna start. Where do you have this division one through six? Um, I was gonna name the, the teams off. You guys should know if you're listening to the show and you don't know who's in the Southwest Division, then I, I want you to turn it off, go do some homework, and then turn the show back on. But you should know who's in the Southwest Division. So I'm gonna I'm not gonna name them off for you. Uh, division two through six. Who do you got? Well, it's Texas and some teams that aren't really in the West, but <laughs> I mean, the funny part about it. I thought it might be a little confusing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going with division rank. I have this at number two, so we got my one and my two this week. Um, I talk a little bit about the Texas and the two other teams that don't really exist out West. I think there's some interesting things here. Um, obviously, the Spurs are one of the better teams in the league. And then the Rockets are the big wild card for me, and I think the, the Grizz and the Mavs are still kind of on that cusp where we're like, yeah, maybe they make the playoffs. The Pelicans, to me, are another big one of, like, what do they do? Are they the bottom feeders? Are they in the middle? Do they suddenly become good? Is Anthony Davis going to take on this role? But I, I find it to be a, a, an interesting division, much like the Central. But number two, Absolutely. close. It was close to the Central. I, this, is the only, this might be the only division we agree on. I also have it number two for a lot of the reasons that you said. I think people, again, somehow, some way, we just sleep on the Spurs every single year because the Warriors signed Kevin Durant, so they're just going to be, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread, and they just hand him the trophy now. But we do forget San Antonio Spurs still exist. Won about 67 games last year. Won probably the best, I think it's the best season in their in their history of the Tim Duncan, Greg Popovich era, and, and just in general. Greg Popovich, still the coach, by the way. So I, I – I think somehow, some way, the Spurs just always go under the radar, and they, they've done it once again. Um, and like you said, a lot of good teams in this division. I said that the Central might be the deepest division, but I think the, uh, the Southwest gives them a run for their money, which is why I stuck with them at number two and swapping it. Uh, so, Andy, who is your MVP of the Southwest? We're going to do this again, but except this time I'm not picking him to be the MVP of the actual league. I'm just picking you to be the MVP of facial hair and your division, James Harden. I mean, let's try this again. I'm going to play a little point guard this year, which I think is maybe a decision that should have already been made. Of course, I said this about LeBron for a long time. Uh, you know, obviously Harden puts up the numbers to do so. The team just didn't work. I think they only won 41 games last year. I expect them to be better this year. So I think, you know, Harden has a real strong bit of being MVP of this, this division, even though there's some other great players. Yeah, the, the Rockets are funny to me because I was really, really down on the Rockets going – going into the season. And then a couple of people that I really trust their basketball opinion on has, has said that apparently Houston's playing a new system and James Harden looks really good in this system. I think he had 15 assists. I think they played in, I want to play the, they played in Shanghai uh, in China. And uh, apparently James Harden had 15 assists. People were like, Oh yeah, James Harden's going to have a great season in this system. And that alone kind of just has me a little skeptical of, of me being low on the rocket. So I might be back in. I'm undecided. I'm kind of like, I'm going to the poll. I don't really want to vote for Hillary. I don't want to vote for Trump, but I'm not really sure if I'm going to, you know, pull that lever on that third party Houston Rockets pick, or if I'm just going to go with the more reliable San Antonio Spurs uh, 
so I'm 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 still kind of out on the Rockets, but I'm 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 making my way there uh, to to the San Antonio or to the Houston bandwagon. That being said, MVP, I'm going with Anthony Davis. Uh, I think we have jumped off the Anthony Davis bandwagon far too early. I was on it last year. I was leading it, and then it just fell apart. I kind of looked back at the at the wreckage, and I was like, oh, you know, maybe we can salvage some parts here. And as I was looking at all the parts, I was like, oh, wow, this is really valuable stuff. Maybe I can resell it. So now I I resold. And I've, I've reinvested in Anthony Davis, and don't let me down again because you really killed me last season. Anthony Davis, MVP of the Southwest Division. Rookie of the year, Andy. Yeah, and, uh, and real quick, I, I like the, the brow a lot, too. I've been telling people lately that they're just jumping off the wagon too soon. It was kind of like the Andrew Wiggins things we talked about a few weeks back of people being like, well, he's not really living up to expectations. But, no, he is. And the same can be said about Davis. I think that while he's kind of flown under the radar because the Pelicans have been bad and they didn't, you know, make these strides they were supposed to, people tend to forget that Davis is still like one of the better players in the league. I still think he's, you know, the, the better his position. So that being said, I love the pick. I, I was surprised. I thought you were going to go to the juggernaut of the division for your MVP, but, but I, yep. I do like Anthony Davis. All right. Who you got for rookie of the year? My rookie of the year. You already know. Uh, he plays on the same team as your MVP of the year. I'm going with uh, Buddy. Buddy Hill, that's my boy. I-, I think that he's looked pretty decent in preseason so far. I think we all knew he could score. He's continuing to show that. I don't see any reason why he can't do that on a consistent basis, especially playing with Anthony Davis and guys of that nature. So I, I like Buddy. I- I've liked him since the start, and I'm sticking with it. Uh, I'm going with Buddy Hill for all the reasons you said, as well as apparently him and Anthony Davis play 2K together just in their off time, just when they're chilling in the house, they just play 2K together, and then they make fun of each other for not playing defense. Apparently this is a thing. So I'm, I'm all for the Buddy in the Brow sitcom. You just you just set it up 30 minutes on CBS. I'm, I'm all in. Uh, defense player of the year, I'll start. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, for the same reason that you picked uh, LeBron as MVP, I'm just picking Kawhi Leonard as defense player of the year because he's probably the best defense player in the league. So why wouldn't I pick him? Yeah, and Anthony Davis was one I thought about because he's a tremendous defender too, and I think it's another thing people have forgotten because the Pelicans are bad again. But I went with Kawhi Leonard too because he's just that guy. Uh, you know, if I need a defensive stop, there's nobody else I want on the court, almost in any position, than Kawhi Leonard. So, Kawhi, you're the man. Yeah, the funny thing is that the, the centers are getting so small in today's league that I really think that Kawhi might be able to defend the five sooner, sooner rather than later. Uh <laughs> What is your, your no-look pass? Because I think we're going to have to have more of a discussion about this. Uh, your no-look pass for the Southwest Division. My no-look pass is that this team uh, that we've been talking about quite extensively so far, the Houston Rockets, maybe they can actually knock off the Spurs and win this division. And I know it's a good thing to say because I think I sound crazy when I say it, but the Spurs, while I think the Pau Gasol stuff, and I think they've upgraded a little from last year, I still think the league is turning away from them a little bit in, in the age thing. And I think with Houston as Harden as the point guard, uh, the, new, the new system, like you were saying, and the way he looks, and, you know, he's just a premier player in this league. I think if, if anything can happen, that is, like, surprising, but we're not like, no, that's way too crazy to be realistic. I think it's the Rockets making the push to be able to win this division. I completely agree because my no-look passes are the Spurs human. I think we, we really need – we really get to see, you know, Tim Duncan retired. And even though you might want to say, okay, Tim Duncan only played, like, what, 10, 15 minutes a game, it seemed like, uh, last season for the Spurs, 
I still think that Tim Duncan brought an intangible to that team. You know what I mean? Like, he's still Tim Duncan. He's still the leader of that team. And there, there's still a certain, like, we we succeed because Tim Duncan is here and he's a successful person, so we want to play like he does. And now that he's gone, I'm I'm wondering that just if that just aura continues, if it's in Coach Pop, like you know how how really that dy- that whole dynamic works, because theoretically you would have to think at some point the Spurs are going to fall off for a, like a lot of the reasons that you just said. You know, it seems like the league is sort of transitioning away from the two big guys like Lamarcus Aldridge and Pau Gasol playing together. That doesn't feel very 2016 NBA to me. But they are the Spurs, and it seems like they are going to make it work. And Pal Gasol seems like he should have been a Spur like five years ago. But And then the other <laughs> thing, the, the flip side to that is, like you said, can the Rockets be respectable on defense? That's really the question for me because I don't think they're going to have any problems putting it in the bucket. I mean, they have Ryan Anderson. They have Eric Gordon, who I'm, I'm sure will play 30 games, but they still have him. Uh, you know, they have all these three-point shooters. They have James Harden, one of the most prolific scorers in the league, but it seems like none of those guys play defense. And it seems like Clint Capella is either going to have to be like Bill Russell or this team is going to give up 120 points a game. And I'm not sure what, what the solution to that problem is. I almost think it's perfect in a sense, though, if Harden's playing point guard for him. If you're saying Harden's our guy, Harden's the player we're sticking with, we have to, you have to make a team that makes sense for him. Every other team does this. Right. Good front offices build a team around their player, their best player. And Harden's strength is he needs shooters because you know damn well Harden's dribbling the ball into traffic every other possession, and the only way you're getting it is not by cutting to the hoop. You're not slashing to the basket in Harden's system. You're standing on the line, and your guy's on him, and everybody else's guy's on him, and he's going to just toss it behind his head for a three-pointer or, you know, a deep two. And I think they have the guys in mind. You miss Ryan Anderson, Eric Gordon, even Pat Beverly has a respectable three, Trevor Ariza. And then you have Clint Capella in there. His only job is to grab the ball when it's missed by Harden and block shots that aren't shot by Harden or somebody in your same color jersey. And that's what he can do. And I believe that they provided Harden with the tools now. They're saying, hey, you're going to have the ball in your hands more. You're going to have these guys that can knock down jumpers. You know, bring us a divisional title. And, you know, if it doesn't work, then maybe it's time to rethink Harden. If it does work, then everybody's like, why didn't they do this three years ago? So basically what you're saying is instead of making James Harden play defense, they'll just say, okay, we'll just make everybody else play offense instead of making James Harden play defense because he's a lost cause on, on defense. Essentially, Buck 30 is, a game. Is, is what you're saying. Uh, that being said, who do you have? What, what is your division order here for, for the Southwest Division? I went with the Spurs, then the Rockets, then the Grizzlies, then the Mavs, then the Pelicans. I'm going to shock you a little bit because I have Spurs Rockets and then I went with the Pelicans in third place. I'm nice. really, I'm, I'm all in with, with, with the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. I like the Terrence Jones signing. I like the Lance Stevenson signing, especially when Tyreek Evans misses 30 games. I like the Lance. Oh, oh, nobody thinks I can play basketball anymore. You know, back against the wall. I really like that signing. Um, I like Drew Holiday, obviously, you know, hopefully he can stay healthy. And, you know, I, I just really – mainly I really like the Terrence Jones-Anthony Davis combo. For I think Terrence Jones is kind of the like the one of the best people in, on, like, a cheaper scale that you can get to play next to Anthony Davis. So – and I really – I think Anthony Davis is going to have a monster year. So I went with them in third place. And then I have the Mavericks and the Grizzlies. I think it's over for the Grizz. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm really low on them. Uh, I think they're they're just a little too old, a little too slow. And like you said about the Spurs, I think they have everything that the Spurs have, meaning that they don't match the 2016 NBA, except they're not the Spurs, which is a problem. 
You know, and I can dig that. You know, with this, the Grizzlies, they land exactly in the middle on mine, and that's almost like me saying, hey, you might be last place. You might be second place to the Spurs because the Grizzlies still do have some nice players that you can get behind, and obviously the Chandler Parson thing is up in the air because we never know how many minutes this guy is going to log. Um, you know, I think if he does play and he can contribute, which I know neither of us are usually really very high on what Chandler Parsons can do at this point, but, you know, I think if he can contribute to what they have going on and Marcus Gasol's back and things of that nature, Zach Randolph's obviously a, a big X factor as to what he's still able to do. But, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, it might be mostly because I'm not really very high on the Mavs or the Pelicans, but I do think the Pelicans, it hurts me to put them down there, but they've just proven to me time and time again that they're not going to do anything. I hope this will be the year they turn around. I, I do think that they've they've done some nice things, but I'm always concerned with Drew Holiday. I'm always concerned with Tyreek Evans. Bring Lance in. I mean, that's that's when you know you're just kind of like trying stuff because like Lance Stevenson's on your radar <laughs> and you've signed him. <laughs> that is, we've 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 exhausted all our all of our options. Like, let's just sign Lance Stevenson. See if he's still got it. Uh, before we before I ask you for your last thoughts, to your Chandler Parsons point. Uh, you're completely correct because I looked at the Grizzlies roster and I was like, wow, they didn't do anything to improve their roster. I'm really surprised. And then I was like, oh, wait, they signed Chandler Parsons. And I didn't feel any different. I still felt like they didn't do anything to improve their <laughs> roster, even with signing Chandler Parsons. Uh, anything you want to get out about the Southwest before we close the show here? Nah, man. I am super excited, though, to even though as much as I talk about not necessarily loving the way James Harden plays, I'm really excited to see him play point guard. I, I just I've been waiting for the NBA to put one of these combo guards or like one of these point forwards at the point guard position to say just go. So absolutely, awesome. I am I am also looking forward to it. And that is the close of our show. We'll be with you next week as we continue our journey around the NBA. Follow the podcast on Twitter at NLP Podcast and like us on Facebook at Facebook.com/NLPPod. That's N like Nelson Mandela, L like Larry David, P like Penelope Cruz. And we will end as we always do with the great philosopher Jason White Chocolate Williams who once probably thought basketball is a lot like last call at the bar. Sometimes it's better to pass without looking. And with that, we bid you good night.